And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This, well, this, this is This Old Marketing, proudly brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Yes, we're professional that way. I'm Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 398 of our show for Friday, October 20th, 2023. And with me, as always, as he always is, my pal, my colleague, and a guy that I know would be voted in as speaker after at least two rounds of voting, Mr. Joe Polizzi from remote. I'm from on location. Uh, on location. On location. <laughs> in a new in a new place. Yes. Uh, as you know, I have uh, seven books stacked up. So I yes. got my little mic here because I don't have my mic stand. And it's just, you know, you, people that are podcasters know right. that sometimes you just have to cobble the best situation possible together. And that's that is what we're correct. Doing. But you should know that we've got uh, Killing Marketing as one of the books in this stack, holding my microphone up to my mouth. I have been told that it is nothing better than a doorstop. Yeah, so it is. Uh, <laughs> that's- I, have, I have learned this over time. So I, I am so glad. I am so glad. Killing Marketing is a great book. That was it is a, a great. That book. was a great book for that moment in time in two thousand. It, it is a fantastic book. I that refer to it often, um, and it's funny because uh, lately there's been this you know sort of move to owned media to you know the idea of marketing as a profit center and all this kind of stuff. And I'm get you know I'm getting that like you know and I mean I say this with all really I, I truly say this with all due humility. But people will email me like that have never seen us, done us, whenever, you know, by basically, you know, never, never experienced our, our stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they'll say, this is this new cool trend, you know, that I'm seeing where audience building is really like the key and operating like a media company. I'm like, let me, let me, let me recommend a book for you from 2017. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> that. So, yeah, it's there you go. There isn't you go. That, we're isn't we're trendsetters, kind of as it were. That's kind of the way it goes, though, right? I mean, that'll be... That's fine. We'll, we'll see it again in five yeah. years, and we'll see it again in another five years. I'm totally be. fine with that. I am absolutely totally fine with that. But it is it is actually an interesting trend where right now, I think it's in large part, and we've talked about this on the show, and we've talked, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it today, but this sort of the evolution or de-evolution. In fact, I just had a, a, a wonderful conversation uh, this week with our friend Michael Stelzner. We talked about sort of the de-evolution of social media and what's going on there and how it's really changing. And it's, you know, as I said in a piece that I wrote for CMI, you know, social media is becoming less social and just more media, right? I mean, it's just, it's, so I think there's a, you know, I think the trend is really moving in a direction that we would we would have seen, right? It's it's interesting too. I just I sent out my uh, Joe Polizzi newsletter today, and one of the stories was about this. I call it a no link social media strategy. It's, uh, people have used that for a long time. Yeah, but basically, how more than ever today, if you link to something in social that takes you off the plat, they they hammer you. And what I thought was they would just hammer that tweet 
or that post on LinkedIn. And no, they hammer you. And, yeah. They yeah. hammer you like you, the personal algorithm, you. Yes. So the, so the idea is if you are going to be successful with social media, you can't link out to anything on no. any post anytime. No. Cause the thought was, Oh, I would do three or four posts and I would, I would stay on platform and I would be thought provoking or whatever the goal is for you socially. And then every once in a while I could pitch something or I yep. could link to a podcast. No, you can't do that. You That's have right. to keep everyone, everything on the platform itself today. That's right. If you, if you expect to get engagement on that platform, right. That's I right. mean, you know, you'll get, you know, you'll get some visibility, but there's, there's no doubt about it. The data just show this. You can see it. Where if you don't link to something in the you know and by, and by the way this is not just Twitter it's or or <laughs> X um, formerly now do you, uh, you okay. did it, it did, did <laughs> you did it we're supposed to go the, a whole okay. episode with only saying X okay so here here wait wait, wait 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 I now get emails from X I don't know if you see this but I get emails now you know sort of get the you know the tweets that you missed kind of thing yes. The email is from X parenthesis formerly Twitter. Oh, they did not do that. I, I swear to God, that's what I'm getting now. Yeah. Well, what was interesting, this happened, I don't know, probably about a week ago. I received 17 emails at the same time from X, formerly known as Twitter, that all my ads had been approved, that were already approved <laughs> over the last five years of doing promotional ads oh my on Twitter. goodness gracious well there you I'm go like, so i said i think i i tweet i tweeted it out i said well thank you x for letting me know that my ad from 2019 has been approved has been approved that's, that's really good well, the, and did you make sure it wasn't running i mean because that's the other <laughs> thing. Why is it probably gonna get this? it's like oh my god pam's gonna say you got a seventeen thousand dollar bill here from something <laughs> called x something called x which by the way looks really suspicious you know you get a bill from something called x really kind of odd but even in in the articles we'll talk about today everyone says x formerly known as twitter i know it's 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 becoming a thing it's 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 literally becoming the the artist formerly known as x right i mean it's 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 fascinating but 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 there are a lot of, of people in our space that will they're just deniers they're x X, den- <laughs> X deniers, <laughs> and they they will not accept the fact that it's been changed. And they even say they'll say it in my e- in emails to me or whatever. They'll say I will never use X. I'm only calling it Twitter. Scott Galloway does that too. He's like, I'm not doing the whole X thing. I'm like, well, whatever. You can do whatever you want. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's right. Name you can changed. call it. Yeah. I mean, you could call it Wonder Bread. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I just Wonder Bread it. You know? I mean, you know, ooh, let's. We should do that. We should basically Wonder rename. Bread. X did Wonder Bread. Yeah. Or, like well, that. that's well, that's a bit of an aspersion on Wonder Bread, isn't it though? Um, I don't know. Wonder Bread is, I mean, it's a little bit high in calories, but it's so soft. It so is. <laughs> it's like the softest bread. Like if you were gonna get hit in the face by a loaf of bread, like you don't want Wonder Italian Bread is definitely bread. It. you don't want oh, anything sure. crusty. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and when you were kids, uh, this is this is this this you know <laughs> this, this is this is the old man moment. So when you were kids and you got Wonder Bread in your sandwich, what you did was you, you rolled it up, you'd like put it in your fingers and rolled it up into like a a, a little doughy a bread ball. ball, a yeah. bread ball, yeah, a bread you ball, yeah, and you yes, would make absolutely. and you would eat the little 
gooey bread ball because it was so moist that you could just oh anyway that's gross my wife oh my would be God, grossed we're out so by we're so dating ourselves but it's yeah. nice that wonder bread is still is still around is it uh, still a thing i i I, yes. I don't know this okay oh, all right. absolutely well wonder isn't wonder owned by the same company as or, or was uh as uh ho-hos and twinkies hostess oh, you mean hostess yeah, didn't, oh, which hostess? might be actually now. Now it's Smuckers. Smuckers. That's it. That's right. That's right. It's now all part of the Smuckers. So does that mean that Smuckers not only owns the jelly, but they own the bread of which the jelly somebody is spread needs onto? to call? Yeah, somebody needs to call the FTC. That's that's a monopoly. That's you can't do I mean, that. Yeah, we. I mean, that's a vertical. Yeah, that's not it, horizontal. That's, that's vertical. <laughs> You can do horizontal all the time, but the See, FTC's got to get thing. involved. Like, oh, you can't have the bread and the peanut butter and the jelly. You can only have the bread or the peanut butter or the jelly. That's right. So people are upset <laughs> about the Activision Microsoft deal. It's actually the Smucker's Wonder Bread deal that we need to be worried about. I, I think ah. you're right. By the way, um, and I haven't because I'm, I'm in North Carolina right now. Uh, yes. I'm a little bit not my regular self keeping up with the news. Is there a new speaker to the house at this point? There is not. No, not. the 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 rumor is he, he keeps losing by more votes. Um, the first, this is the Jim first Jordan, vote, right? Uh, yeah, from, this is Jim Jordan, fair yeah. state of Ohio. That is right, uh, yeah. Jim Jordan, um, and and some people call him Jim, as in G Y M Jordan, for his lack of uh, forthcomingness, as it were, when it comes to some of the scandals that happened there. But um, yes, he 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 went up for he was after McCarthy was booted. He was basically put up as the new speaker. Well, he he lost basically. He lost that to um, the uh, the the person they put in temporarily. Then that when that guy withdrew, basically said, "Yeah, I don't want the job." He then basically said, "Well, you can vote me in," and no nobody likes him. And so he the you know I think it was seven or eight or six or he something like close, that Republicans I, I, he yeah he was like six or seven votes away I thought from getting it and then but now he's well, more he's six or seven Republican votes away right I mean yeah. that's I mean so in other words he he yeah but then he did a new they did a second vote uh, yesterday and he lost by more votes and so he's got so two not left. trending not trending the right not way. trending in the right oh. direction no he's got I th my understanding is is that there's a, f a maximum of four votes that can happen uh for this before he's out um, so this and is not going to happen it's going to be it does not seem like it's going to happen to yeah have to step forward it's just, yeah i mean i like the i mean it would be the very i think the first time since the 1800s um i've heard the 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 idea I mean, we just don't have this concept here in the U.S., so it's a little hard to get our American brains around, but a coalition government, right, where you have the Democrats who could nominate, uh, and I hear the rumor is Hakeem Jeffries, they could nominate him and to be Speaker of the House. If they could get six or seven or eight Dem uh, Republicans to actually come along with that and say, listen, he's a moderate we're not going to do anything crazy. We know that you have the majority, you know, that's just, you know, let's just get the bills paid. You could see a coalition go government form and it would put the, it would put that sort of extreme, those extreme, you know, dozen or so Republicans to the sideline. And I'd love that idea from an adults in the room kind of thing, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it can, we're just too divided. It, it's crazy. Well, look at, i I'm no Jim Jordan fan, but you have to. I would like to see somebody in place that actually acknowledges 
the the previous presidential election. Well, yeah, yeah, that That's would help. That's all I'm saying. Or, like, I don't think you should have a speaker of the house that believes that it was fixed. Or literally, and and this is true, by the way, fun fun statistical fact. At least has either sponsored or co-sponsored one bill in their tenure. <laughs> Jim Jordan oh, has. Was- Nothing's yeah. ever went through. Like, there's no been no Nothing. legislation. He's, well, he's never sponsored a bill. First of all, he's never, never, never even sponsored one, fail or pass. And then, and then he's been on a couple of names that have that have uh, bills of, as a co-sponsor, um, which is you know basically they run around and go, hey, would you put your name on this thing? That's a that's a co-sponsor. Yeah. Um, and but none of them have passed. Yeah. So he's never passed a bill with his name on it. So I mean, and he wants to be Speaker of the House. I mean, that's just well, it's just sure nutty to me. I'm sure everyone's really happy that uh, this is the new your new political your new show for political news. Yeah, well, they're probably happier than that than football, which we're allowed to talk <laughs> about again, given our last two. weeks. We had a good week. We did. We, we both of good, us had two. Both yeah, of both had of us had good weeks. Both of us had combined. I think it was the Taylor four. Swift movie opening that was really the the driver of both of our football teams. That's, are I you going to go? I'm, are you going to go see the the Taylor Swift movie? I am not. I am not going to go see the Taylor Swift movie. And, and I'll tell you answer. why I'm not going to go see the Taylor Swift movie. It's not because I have anything against Taylor Swift or the movie. It is because they are encouraging the kids to stand up and shout and dance and hold their phones up with the lights on and use their phones and take selfies. And they're, they're basically they're encouraging a concert like atmosphere. You don't like I, that? I, well, I don't want to go to a you movie. You like your movies antisocial. Yeah, but yeah, well, no, I, I just don't want to. I, I, that's not what I want to do in a movie, right? I, I want to watch the movie, right? It, it's uh, all right. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is they need a regular, like, let's say that the late show is is like, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's the one where you can throw the rice and. But you were but, going but to that, yeah, before, as, yes, correct. Like four o'clock in the afternoon. That's the old person show. Well, that's an excellent. Well, no, that's an excellent point actually because I did. I was one of those people back in the day that went to Rocky Horror like fifty times. Every yeah. Friday night, we would go to we would go to we would go to Rocky Horror, and we would bring we would yeah, there. Here's what they call a callback, folks, and we would bring Wonder Bread. Right, you would bring Wonder Bread and throw it at the screen. So there you go, there you go. Didn't even plan that, but we had a complete callback to Wonder. Anyways, Bread. we'll talk more about Taylor at the end because that's yeah. my that's my that's rave right. uh, rave commentary today. But the all all I'll say is that I'm. I've enjoyed the week just football related because I I just have a feeling that this might be the best week of the year for us. It's good. You should enjoy it. Yes, it's good. I, it's I'm good. not sure. I'm not sure this is going to be. Replicated. I don't know. I, I'm telling you, man, I think uh, your defense is legit. That is a good defense. The defense and- is amazing. That's right. And the fact that we uh, we could whatever give away two extra turnovers and still win that game. I'm is telling a you, you could. Defense. I mean. You can hang with you can hang with the the forty whiners, um, you know it's it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> tell it's us something. how you really feel, Robert. Yeah, well, you know there there you go, um, and so but but I will say this as well, which is you're only going to get better on offense. Um, you know I think that quarterback is look I I personally like your backup quarterback than I like your lead quarterback, but that's a whole other thing, and <clears throat> that division your division I mean. Who's who's going to take it? You know, it ain't going to well, be the Steelers. Everyone has three and or it, four wins. Like, yeah, it's the, that's right. It, by by record, it's the best division in football right now, which is scary. Yeah. If yeah. you look at that. But anyways, 
Anyway, right. should we get to a show? Should we should we get to our actual show here? Actually, get to I the mean, news. We're here. I mean, I mean we, we well, might, you're here. We might you as know? well. You 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 sent me a show flow of things we were supposed to talk about. We might as well. All right. Well, do we it. do have a a fun show uh, planned here. We're going to start by talking about X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> um, apparently, they're testing a new subscription feature, and uh, both of us have a bit of a take on that and why they might be doing that. Um, then we'll talk about. You know, look, Tucker Carlson, he took our advice. Uh, we talked about him at some length and about his, you know, his ex formerly Twitter strategy and how that was really not going to work for him for an owned media thing. And look what he did. Um, and then we may talk a little bit about marketers and how they are literally, apparently, according to some new research, on the edge of a nervous breakdown. I, I don't know. I'm not feeling that bad, but but apparently a lot of CMOs are. So we'll talk a little bit about but that. And if we have corporate role, you're yeah. not. I mean, you get to it's, talk to people in a corporate role, but you would know. I would, I, I, I would know. I would know. I want to hear about so your insight. I, well, yeah, we'll see how insightful they actually are. Uh, and if we have time, we'll talk a little bit. We'll finish up by talking a little bit about the, like we'd mentioned here, the Activision and Microsoft getting uh, the sort of holy blessing of the UK government uh, to actually merge um, and that why they should be looking at smuckers old. and uh, hostess as a, as the problem there. Then of course two we'll get to rants and raves and uh, I will rave a little bit about a Google, a new tool on Google that doesn't seem to be getting a lot of uh, press, but it really is very interesting. And then Joe, of course, as he just mentioned, we'll talk a little bit about Taylor Swift and how her marketing is just uh all that and a bag of chips, um, as it were. Um, I so think that we what, and I have a little insight on the every when we mention Taylor Swift in our uh, podcast somewhere, we do better from a download standpoint. Well, of course. I mean, if it's if it works for the NFL, it's going to work for us. We're going to, you know I mean? and so I even the, maybe I'm trying to figure out how every episode I can put Taylor Swift in the headline. <laughs> uh, even if we said no taylor swift this week episode 399 there it is, in there it is. There's, yeah, episode 399 taylor swift free <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen so, all right all right let's get to our first story shall we and it does come courtesy of us of cbs although so many <clears throat> mainstream media and other media outlets are reporting on this uh, where the headline is that X, again, formerly Twitter, tests charging new users $1 a year to use basic features. The article opens up by saying X, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. I'm just, it, that's just so, I mean, I'm just, God darn it. I just, what, when, you know, anyway. It announced Tuesday that it's testing out a subscription model which which will charge new users $1 a year to use basic features. The social media giant said it was launching a not a bot annual subscription method in New Zealand, of all places, and the Philippines. So perfect, right? I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, they're uh, good test markets. I mean, <clears throat> right? are they? Are they? But are they? Um, New Zealand and the Philippines is a test run. Existing users will not be impacted during this test. This it will evaluate a potentially powerful measure to help us combat bots and spammers on X while balancing a platform accessibility with the small fee amount, uh, X said, adding that the charge won't be a profit driver. <laughs> well, no, nothing will be a profit driver, quite honestly. I mean, so I definitely have a take on why they're doing this, but I would love to hear yours to, you don't to, think that they're, you don't think that this is what he says it is. 
You don't think I do not. This is a no, bot. this is not a bot finder. This is this is not a bot finder. Absolutely not a bot finder. Well, I think that no. if, if <clears throat> it'll it'll be interesting if it goes worldwide and see how the Philippines test goes. But if it goes well and they do this, it's a really good way to get people to already sync up with their payment platform. Well, that's it. Right. And yeah. right. That's yeah. that's the thought that this is ultimately going to be the payments game. Because let's say for whatever. By the way, this article said that Twitter has 550 million users. That's not right. No, that that's 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 includes the bots. There may be 550 million accounts. Yes, yeah, but there are not 550 million. No, there's no, uh, there's what the, no way what, that what the kids in the venture in the valley call, uh, you know, MAUs, right? So, um, but I think that, active users. But if that was your take, that was my take as well. It's like, okay, well, if we can get for whatever, just to confirm, it's like verification. We're going to verify your account as a human being, and we're going to do so by by ch- kicking, you know, hitting your account for a buck. You get that synced up, all set to go. Let's say that you ha- come clean with this and have 50 or 75 or 100 million with the payments set up. It'd be a really good test. I mean, it re- I mean, it's, it's on the way to becoming this, oh, now I can use Twitter to pay for my Amazon stuff. I can use Twitter to pay for whatever, which is the goal, right? Doesn't he want to be, instead of Apple pay, he wants it to be pay with X? Totally. Thing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is clearly, uh, now Elon <clears throat> and team, I guess, um, to whatever extent that exists, looking to get credit card information. And here's my, but here's the thing. It is, it is more than just, it, so yes, the, the, the focus here is transforming X into some sort of payment platform. So the benefit is getting accounts. Now we can talk about the uselessness of having it be new accounts um, instead of making everybody that's on an account do it, um, which is just basically a hedge against people quitting. Um, so the test here is basically to say, well, will people quit if we make this, you know, if if uh, if we make people do this? Because yeah. how many new people are signing up for Twitter right now? This is not a lot, right? How many? And then you go, how many new people are signing up for Twitter in the Philippines and New Zealand, right? Well, it's, I, that's an exceedingly small number. But I, I think there's a there's a younger group of people that continue to sign up for X. There's I don't people, think right? that's but, true. I don't think that's true. Well, okay. I, I, well, I, you do realize that there are young people, and they do get I, older. And yes. as they get older, they may want to sign up for something called X. I do is the possibility. I do. I do. I do notice that that that's true. But I just yeah. don't see them signing. I, so you had me all the way up until signing up for X. I just don't see the young people doing it. I just you know. And look, I don't have any privy or sort of privileged access to data that every you know no one else has but so i just don't I, my gut tells me that that's not true all i mean right, they're so all si- have- they're out, they're signing up but they're signing up for instagram they're signing up for tiktok they're signing up for reels they're ta- you know they're 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 signing up for those snapchat they're signing up for the you know the what the kids are dancing to they're not they're not signing up for x i mean x is you know, x is 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 a you know that platform is just is headed south well, the net couple, new subscribers has to be exceedingly small. Well, pr- probably, but a couple things on that. So if you believe that X is there for news gathering, look at TikTok really quick, because I did listen to Prof G episode this morning, and he was actually talking about TikTok is now uh, 28% of 
people between the ages of 18 and 34 get their news from TikTok, which, by the way, just freaks me out that that's an actual thing, that people are getting their news from a Chinese-owned company. But um, conspiracy theories aside, if you look at, I've got two examples, my two kids, and they go to X first for their news. That's the first place that they go to for news. And they're uh, younger than us. <laughs> so I've heard. So I, yes, I've, I've so heard I, that. I rumor think that, that it is still us, yes. it is still uh, a possibility that X well, could come out of this. Enough, being the news, I, I, yeah. the place where you get news. Fair enough. But until I, I will continue with my hypothesis until I see it actually broken, and and I have not done an, a large amount of research on this, but I would guess that it's still true that it's an exceedingly small number of net new. Anyway, the, the point being whether or not this is new people or existing people, the goal, the primary goal here is, as you pointed out, to get people's credit card information so that they can start more impulse buys, right? So things like, Hey, you can leave a tip for somebody, you know, a content creator that can directly come out of your account. You can, they tweet They can add a subscription by account, you know, so you can subscribe to a particular account, um, you know, and those kinds of things. And even then, you know, like swag, you know, t-shirts and, you know, and marketplace, I could see them very easily introducing like a Facebook type marketplace into Twitter where you can sell your bike or you can sell your old lawnmower or you can do those kinds of things through the platform as well. So I I totally see them evolving into that kind of idea because that's where the money, any money that's going to be made is going to be made. But the other thing that we need to not forget is the amount of data that comes with that, that comes with the credit card piece, right? It's not just the fact that you now have a payment platform. It's that the, the data that you can now purchase on, you know, in, real markets and nefarious markets with regard to demographic data when you have credit card information is is just it's exponentially more and so now if i have not only robert rose's credit card data but i also have the ability to look at robert rose's purchase habits and what robert rose does with that credit card well now i can serve up more targeted ads and i can serve up a better ad model so that's also at play here, although they will never, I'm sure they will never talk about that because that's the privacy problem that Facebook has right now. Do they have a uh, X credit card? No, but they could do that very easily. The X card. Yeah, yeah I could that see would be that happening. Uh, I totally. Then, yeah. Well, then, X pay. You could have X well, pay, you know, instead exactly of Apple pay. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't want to. The way to do this, if we want X to be a payment platform, is to set it up so it links with the bank account, not with another credit card account, because then there's there you don't have an extra middle person in that. And true, X but the risk is, is the risk is much lower with a credit card, both on the consumer side and the vendor side, right? Yeah. So the so risk I would is say lower. Open it up to all those people that young people that you don't think are joining X. They could <laughs> say, you get your first fifty dollars free with the X card, uh, sponsored right. by well, you know, run by Bank I, of America. That's coming. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that's coming. I I have to. I well, you know, I mean, who knows what the man child is doing? But but yeah, I have to imagine that that's coming. The X card and it's it's not it's like a square. It'd be it's yeah. a square with an X oh, in it, no. or it's thick like yeah. a scrabble piece. You're, you're already designing the X card, <laughs> right? No. Yeah, it doesn't no, have to I, be the I, you same. Know. There's been no innovation in the credit card industry for so long. When it, every credit card, it's either they mess with the 
with the thickness a little bit, but for the most part, they're all the same. Yeah. Why well, my my Amex my Amex Platinum is that metal thing. That's kind of cool. That's that's. I a, do like that. You could kill somebody with that. You like, can't. You can't. It's like a. It's like a throwing star. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's Chinese yeah. star. It's that's yeah. So, for real. Yeah. All right. Should we pay some bills? Speaking yeah. speaking of credit cards, yeah, should we see. should we pay the credit card yeah. bill? So, so, and, so yeah. apologies. <laughs> apologies yeah. if we don't get. I think I think we get this working. So yeah. So let's start with this. Let's roll that wonderful. You know, here at This Old Marketing, we like our football and football metaphors. And something magical happens when the third quarter ends and the fourth quarter begins. The energy changes. The fourth quarter is where games are won, where champions are made, and in business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub, to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win in Q4 and close the year strong. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list all in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. Smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. And with an easy-to-use deal management tool, reps can find, track, and close deals all in one place. Plus, AI forecasting helps you accurately predict future success. That means less hoping for deals and more crushing targets. Put your sales teams on the fast track to winning Q4 with Sales Hub. You can learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. Let me tell you about a podcast that I think you're really going to love. It's called Marketing Made Simple, and it's hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson, and of course brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Now, Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips, and it's going to make your marketing easy, and more importantly, well, it's going to make it work. For example, on one of the more recent episodes I listened to, I love that they talk about specific things that you can do in the fourth quarter to make your marketing work. I mean, we all know that the fourth quarter is where things get, well, let's just say interesting, right? But they focused this episode on some practical things that you can do to make the fourth quarter fantastic. Just a great podcast. And you can, of course, listen to Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. So go try it out, won't you? It's Marketing Made Simple. That music is my nod to uh, Yaz. That's so. When I did that music, I, I for the for the ad, I was like, "Oh, this this sounds like Yaz." Carl you know Yastrzemski? No, no, Yaz. <laughs> Yazoo. Come I don't on, Yazoo. Yes, you Who's do Yazoo? upstairs at Eric's. Oh, I don't know. It's Yazoo. one of the classic 1980s albums. I mean, all your all so all your Gen X friends right now are yelling at you right now. I don't I can know. Tell you that. See, I'm so. You don't I, know Yaz. I, yeah, I was listening to Allison Moyet. Come on, Billy, Billy I mean, Joel Allison, and oh. Barry Manilow. Yeah. No. Oh my goodness gracious! All right, your your Gen X card was just revoked, my friend. No, when when I went to, I went to uh, marketing cross B two B and we went to a dueling piano bar. Okay. And I and I, right. and I requested uh, Mandy by Barry Manilow because uh, one of the greatest songs ever. Of course. It is. It's a great song. And and he he kept playing it and asking people to put any kind of money on the piano so that they would stop playing Mandy. And nobody that's, did. That's nobody funny. Nobody did. Because that's funny. 
that's that's good comedy right there. Well, on both sides, right? On 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 his side and and the fact that it was a it was a it was a test of, of a test of wills. So when you, I'll, I'll have to look this up. But when you said yes, I was like, "What is Carl Yastrzemski, Hall of Fame Boston oh Red gosh. Sox player, yeah. have okay, to do right. with that music?" Yeah, no, it's it's yes. Is that I your mean, music? I, did you make that? I did not make that. No, I did not. But I but when I when I heard it, I was like, "This sounds like yes." So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it because I really. I, I I upstairs at Eric's is one of my favorite albums of all time, and I listen to down. it a lot. Upstairs at Eric's, yes. Upstairs at Eric's. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Is that kind of like Enigma? Is that the same? Oh man. Oh no. Oh gosh. <laughs> I had some great times to Enigma. That was. Yeah. Uh, you know Enigma, right? You're we're on the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, me. I mean, you know music a lot more than I do. So that's we should do cool. a we should do a music. You, as soon as you hear. There's, there's two major hits off of Upstairs at Eric's. You're going to go, oh, right, I know this song. You're, I guarantee you, you're totally going to know it. I saw your post. I don't know who's was whether it was Tom Webster or whatever, where you said the uh, the artist of your formative years was David Bowie. Right? That's that right. Was, that David correct? Bowie and Kate Bush were the were, were my were my two formative year artists. Yes, that's, I mean that, among others. That says but, a yeah. lot about you. Yeah, that, well, it really yeah, does. It does. And it says a lot that mine were Billy Joel and Barry Manilow. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do we got? All right. We got, yes. Well, apparently Tucker Carlson took our advice. We about, I don't know what it was, four months ago, five, basically right after he got fired uh, and started this new ex formerly Twitter show. uh, He, he basically came out and said he was going to have this show and then kind of eh, faded into the background a little bit, but as it turns out, according to Axios, which we'll link to in the show notes, of course, um, and the headline is that he raised $15 million for a new media company. And there he is on the front page of Axios looking smug. Uh, and basically, the, the article opens up by saying Tucker Carlson has raised $15 million to grow his media company, uh, a source familiar with the deal tells Axios. Carlson's new venture is expected to center around video. I don't know how. So this is pet peeve, total grammar. Uh, pet peeve of mine. You can't center around something. You center on something. Anyway, center around video. Some of that will be shared via social platforms like X, but he'll also launch his own website and app as Axios previously reported. Carlson owned and operated platforms may include a subscription paywall. How about that? The money comes from 1789 Capital, which was founded by banker Omid Malik to invest in anti-ESG companies. Of course, of course, of course they did. Um, and basically then it goes <laughs> yeah, on a little, little bit. You want to do pro. Of course, of course not. Anti. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So basically... <laughs> You know, the interesting thing here, there is one interesting data point uh, that the the, the Omid Malik, the 1789 Capital and Carlson apparently have a quite a long history. Uh, the former banker once backed the Daily Caller, which Carlson co-founded in 2010, so almost 13 years ago or whatever. Uh, and then he led a blank check company, you know, the, the sort of uh, the, you know, whatever they call it, that, the memory is blanking here. Um that acquired a company called Public SQ, Public SQ, uh, a quote unquote anti woke online marketplace. So, Malik's politics are pretty. Yeah. Um, well, clear. I like the name. You know, did you see the name for the media company for Tucker's <laughs> media company? The, uh, like the the holding company. It's called Last Country. 
Oh, there you go. No, I did not see that. Oh, there it is. Yes. Registered in Nevada, of course. What does Um, that mean? The the name is Last Country. What do you think? What do you think? Last Country. We're not going to go there. This is not a political show. Stop trying to drag politics into this, Robert. No. Yeah. Yeah. You need to stop. By the way. Go to Undiscovered Country, which is a Shakespeare quote. And also, of course, a Uh, a title of a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Okay. But but, so maybe it is correct by saying center around video, because if – it's centered around video. It means it's not centered on video at all. So maybe it's a text-based media company. <laughs> okay. That's your right? Show. That would be the correct usage. If you center no, around it, it, would, it you're not it centering would. on it, you're around it. You're like, just in case, just in case video <laughs> pops out, we're going to be around it. But we're not going to center on it. If you could see Joe's jazz hands right now, <laughs> you would all no. be disturbed. I'm playing defense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is defense. This <laughs> defense. is defensive yeah. look. Okay. What is your take? What is your take on this? At first, is it is this is this him okay. really going to launch like a like a full on integrated media company, or is this basically what what I thought was really interesting about this, and the reason I wanted to cover it on the show is because to me this is so much the trend right now, where influencers, creators, whatever we end up calling them, are themselves really disrupting the idea of social, you know, with TikTok and with owned media. And, you know, I mean, you're, you built a whole company on this idea. Um, and this to me is the, the more mainstream trend of it, you know, sort of, you know, where this is happening actually in Hollywood. And I think this has ties to the strike. I think it has ties to what's going on in big media versus small media. So is this small media sort of they the, you know, is this a booming industry in the coming months and years i think it has been i think this has been going on and a lot of people haven't been paying attention to it we've covered some of this on the show but this is what i think about tucker carlson this is a very good move from a business model perspective uh tucker will get his big fans his major supporters his super fans to come over yeah and will pay for whatever tucker has to offer but tucker will not be as well known going forward because it'll keep it very small small ish it's he's not going to have the you know 10 20 million people you don't think he's going joe rogan viral no no absolutely not i think this is niche um i don't know if tucker realizes this but when i looked at this and when i read this i said wow this is a very sound content entrepreneur business model it makes perfect sense yeah uh, we're going to have a a core whether they center it on on or around video we don't know but some kind of regular video subscription he'll have something that's free in order to draw some new fans in but for the most part he will be getting money from the people that already love tucker yeah um, and that's a tried and true me- true method and it'll work really really well but in you know it's interesting it brings up i talked about this in a couple different places but uh, Fareed Zakaria was talking to Prof G about his overall goal. Like, like yeah, Prof, I don't know. I heard did this. You yeah. See the, yeah, yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Prof G yeah. said, "What's your career business?" And Fareed Zakaria, for those people that don't know, CNN global journalist. Uh, if you go into any airport in the world, you'll probably see Fareed Zakaria talking. Yeah. Um, so very, very well known person. And Fareed told Prof G said, "My goal is not to make the most money." or to have something available for my personal subscribers or super fans. That's not the business model I want to make. I want maximum impact. 
which means I might have to sacrifice revenue for notoriety to yep. make more of an impact to more people. That's what Tucker was doing. That's right. Tucker was doing that, but now Tucker is moving away from that and going more toward the, I'm going to build this little mini, mini media con- company, make lots of money, build out an asset that I can do whatever I want with and sell, but will lose the notoriety that Tucker had by giving it all away for free or which is, a larger platform. Which is the surprising part of this, right? Because, look, Tucker could have funded this himself with his couch cushion money, right? I mean, $15 million to Tucker is really? nothing. I, I mean, he comes from a very... No, no, no. He comes from a oh, very you're talking wealthy about the family. Mac, the, the, yeah, yeah, the money. Yeah, the he's money a in very the wealthy okay. man. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, and he comes from a very wealthy family. So this is not... So for him, it's it's surprising to me that he wouldn't go the other way, like with the way for Reed, like he wants to make a big impact and be a big celebrity that he would go toward this. Uh, I too agree that it's a smart move for him. And, you know, he could, I could see him using this as a stepping stone to get back into a higher reach situation. In other words, this becomes sort of a, a new platform he can build that then becomes a stepping stone that he could probably keep, by the way, and then focus his uh, attention. It'll be really interesting to see the content here. I mean, it it gave, you know, the, the, the spoiler alert was, you know, sort of duly in motion when we see who's funding him, who's giving them money, et cetera. I mean, like I said, their, their, their politics are pretty clear. They wear it on their sleeves, but, but it'll be interesting to see where his, what his angle is with this new media company and how he sort of presents things. Because he's either banking on that kind of media becoming like a thing where he can become a you know an alternative to you know basically a launch of an alternative to Fox as it were, or he could go a little more mainstream and see if he could you know become a an anchor or a, a you know a, a, a talking head on another network somewhere. Yeah. So to and and then have both right have his have his private thing as well as the the impact thing and be you know not not to put too fine a point on it be a little bit like a a Ryan Seacrest right you know so Ryan Seacrest of course you know just i mean that guy never stops working right i mean he's just doing so many different things mm-hmm. from small level media and podcasting to you know big 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 things right yeah i could i could definitely see i mean Ar- ariana huffington did this with huffington yeah Post. It's not too, I mean, and then just built it up and then was, was, I mean, Ariana just kept on the speaking circuit to keep enough of her uh, persona out there, but she, she wasn't writing as much as much as running the business. I think yes. that what Tucker does with this one might uh, create a couple different channels, bring in a couple more people over, package it up, sell it in three to five years, and then go do the thing that you talked about and this, go be yeah. the, yeah. yeah, because, because right now that, it, it is not a um, seller's market for that kind of a model right now. The the free the free COVID money is gone, the right? Free growth, the low interest rates that's not coming back for a while. That's from right. what I can tell. So you're not, you, but it, it always does. So three to five yeah. years, maybe it's time where that model would be great. He can flip it and do whatever he wants to be successful. Uh, media media mogul, if you will. The one thing I would say about not using his money is most some entrepreneurs out there don't believe in using their own money for their own launches. So that I mean that he could uh, he could be in that boat and say I'm not using my own money. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly other money. No, no, I'm sure that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Is is that he's like, 
you mean you want to give me $15 million to do what I do normally, you know, and, and let me run it. And you're just going to give me 15 million. Of course. I mean, that he would be a fool to say no to that. I mean, it's just basically, does he feel like working? Right. I mean, and to your point, he can start to build that in and attract other talent and start to build it up and build into a thing where he starts to foster those things where it starts to, you know, becomes a fly. And, you know, I mean, you know, how, how often have we talked about this as the business model, right? Where it, it becomes a flywheel and you sort of work yourself out of a job and it sort of just works without you, right? It becomes your brand like Huffington Post, right? It becomes your brand, but you don't have to work that hard. And if he doesn't have to work that hard and he has a big piece of it and he can turn it around and flip it at some point, then, you know, yay for him. It's, 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 kind, what, it's a good deal. What kind of currency does last country accept? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like, what If you're the last country, I mean, I'm serious. Is it going to, is it gold bullion? Is it, is it 1945 nickels made out of silver? Is it cryptocurrency? I want to know. Sorry. It's not going to be crypto. <laughs> I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> Watch. It may be. The tide is turning on that. The, tide the is, undiscovered the tide country turning. from those born, no traveler returns, puzzles the will, and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. That is Shakespeare, my friend. Oh my God! See, you're 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 too smart to be on this podcast. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next story here. Let's move on to our next story. This one is fascinating. This one is just fascinating, and there's a good reason we saved it for the end here. This comes to us courtesy of Media Post, and this I, I'm just I'm truly I've read this thing like a few times and just fascinated with the 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 data here. So the headline is that Media Link finds marketers on the verge of chaos growing increasingly cynical. Uh, It opens up with a chart, basically, that shows the cynical indicators among top CMOs. And basically, 74% say they're pessimistic about growth prospects. Um, 68% are worried about becoming figureheads. 45% worry about compromising core values. And 22% say ethics is a top priority. So it's fascinating. The article opens up by saying top marketing executives are growing increasingly cynical about their own roles as well as the overall direction of their marketing organizations. This according to findings released this morning by industry consultant MediaLink. Three quarters of 400 senior marketing executives surveyed last summer, so I guess that would be 2022, uh, that they are pessimistic about their business's growth prospects, while nearly a third, 31%, say they are very pessimistic. In its analysis of the data in the just-released 2024 edition of its Marketer's Forecast Report, MediaLink's analyst attributed the increasing negative sentiment to the scale of challenges confronting big marketers, including an uncertain economic environment, fundamental changes in media and marketing technology, such as complexity associated with the transition to AI. The quote from MediaLink CEO is just, In this era of perpetual disruption, we are living through another profound and radical shift. Uh, AI knocked on our door yesterday, took out the metaverse overnight, and infiltrated everything. Inflation skyrocketed to its highest rate since the 1980s and is barely cooling. Creators gave rise to a new economy. The climate crisis accelerated to a 20-year warning to imminent concern. Culture and commerce became capital. I could go on. He could. He could go on. But um, he says he could go on. The pace and fury of change could provoke... (laughs) chaos um yeah if you if you haven't noticed i'm a little as as the kids would say i'm a little this article is a little sus to me um but well, first uh, of all it's a little sus because it's middle of 22 data 
and it's a marketer's forecast 2024 is the name. Right. So what? Yeah. What are we doing here? Are yeah. we are we doing research? Are we yeah. doing timely stuff? Uh this is not news to me. They're uh marketers are always think this is my take and you work with marketers more than I do but but in my history of working with CMOs and senior level marketers they're inherently negative people because they always feel like they're going to get fired and it's true because the average timetable for a CMO and that's been talked about forever is less than 2 years so you get a job and you already know that you're going to work yourself out of a job you're always like yeah. oh well, you're looking behind who's going to take my job and who's yeah. going to take your job today they think it's going to be AI or it's going to be high interest rates or whatever. So I feel that this is totally non-news and it's just, here's what I'm blaming uh, my um, uh, my concern about life right now on these things. And if you do it in 12 months, it'll be three new things or three different things, probably AI and then three other things. And then you'll do it. It's the same thing. So that that's the way that I took it. I'm like, of course. There, there's. Have you ever met a CMO? I mean, we've met a couple, but we've met the. the I've the met CMOs, many. Yeah, right. The CMOs that I'm thinking of right now that are very positive, they got fired. Like they, yeah, they didn't last very long. Of course. So well, <laughs> here's they, don't live, they didn't live in the real world. It, right, and so the veteran CMOs that I know, and then I definitely have a take that's. Uh, similar to yours. Um, the CMOs that I know that are veteran CMOs that have been around understand now that the CMO position is a temporary one. It, it is not, it is not one. It, it is basically one that you are meant to come in, facilitate change for a while and then leave you, you know, in other words, it is a, is it, it now we can, we can have a healthy debate whether or not that's smart or whether or not that's just conventional wisdom that is, you know, a flawed level of human thinking that needs to change. But that's the reality uh, that what happens. And what I, I actually wrote this in a piece that I did for CMI two weeks ago, there was a similar study that came out of a, a consultancy in the UK that talked about the, uh, the value of brands and marketing to financial analysts, right? So those who actually look at the valuation of companies and the interesting headline coming out of that research was that financial in investors, basically investment analysts, look now now look at marketing and brand strength as the top level of how they value. You know, more than more than the, the employee satisfaction, more than the technology innovation, more than just any other sort of uh, category. Marketing and brand strength is the number one. Uh, predicator of of how they look at their financial analysis of a of a company, but then they go on to talk about how moving things quickly, cutting marketing budgets, cutting brand budgets are all good positive signs that a company is taking its financial health seriously. So it's like, how do you square that, right? And ha then how do you square it with this sort of cynicism that you you know that you've uh, pointed out is isn't really news they, that these are CMOS that that know this. The way I look at it is. Right now, in today, with I mean, in the context of all this change, of the context of all this, you know, quote unquote chaos of AI and technology and automation and and economic uncertainty and all of that, businesses and this is the this is the truth that has been the truth for for, for just about ever. Businesses love marketing and branding, and businesses hate marketers and brand builders, and so they it is 
while things are in progress, while things are being built, it is really hard for business leaders, CEOs, financial analysts, CFOs to trust marketers and brand builders. And so thus, the, the positions become highly, highly ephemeral. And But if it's there, like if you get to the level of an Apple or a Nike or a strong level of brand, all of a sudden, the brand is amazing. And yeah, the the marketers, the CMOs, they just benefit from that, from from that, you know, from that strength. So it's like it's hard to have it both ways. And CMOs are very right to be sort of annoyed by that to say, "Hey, I was the one who brought you here and built this brand, and and now that it's wonderfully strong, you're just saying that I get to benefit from this brand strength." But while you're in the process of building it, it's like, now nah, we're just going to cut marketing budget because that's the easiest thing to do to maintain viability of our of our organization. So it's a frustrating place to be, but that's the job. That's the reality. That's the job of being a CMO and a marketing leader right now is that you have to put your head down, get into the arena, move, you know, pivot, <laughs> play defense like you were just doing and do all <laughs> the things that you have to do to, to deal with the reality because you know, and, and honestly, I, to me, I look at the, all those things that that guy, that media link CEO listed out, you know, the AI and the metaverse and all those things. Those are, those are, that's what makes things interesting. That's what makes everything about this. So interesting is the opportunity for change and learning and taking out all these things. So I don't get cynical about it. I just get inspired by it. Right. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough, but it's inspir The journey is what's so great here that's like my that. that's I, that's my rudy speech my rudy as, for marketing I know, speech. as you were doing that i had like there was music <laughs> playing in the background it felt like it felt like rudy type music you know rudy yeah. was doing the doing this it, it, it was the point in the no, you know what it is it's, all, my, it's my mel gibson all speech. their jerseys on the tape yeah, no it's my mel point. gibson speech they may take our lives but they will never take <laughs> our, our freedom, freedom. <laughs> oh, you gotta like that's gotta be the cover of this episode with you with like go. half of your face painted blue. Yeah. That would be that'd be the one. That would Great be and in a kilt. I have to be in a kilt. That's the that's the real key. Is well, I have to be in a kilt. I mean you can be in a kilt, but <laughs> you, nobody would know. It's a podcast. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. All right, let's get to our rant and rave, shall we? Yes. Um, where Joe and I go off in a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave where something makes us feel like Oh, have you? Did you see that picture of Kevin McCarthy laughing behind Jim Jordan? It, well, I know you haven't seen the news. There's no, a, I haven't seen it. Amazing I've been, I've been picture in the middle of the woods in North Carolina. I've there's an amazing picture of Kevin McCarthy sitting behind Jim Jordan moments after he lost the 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 vote, and Kevin McCarthy is doubled over in laughter. Like he's clearly laughing at something someone just told him, and he's just not, doubled over. Yeah, and Jim Jordan's just sa- sitting there like a sad sack. It's a great picture so something that makes us feel like kevin mccarthy is feeling you know right after that second vote or something that makes us feel like jim jordan is feeling after that second can i can i just ask a question and i don't know the answer can can kevin mccarthy get voted in again he he could be but he's not gonna be but i know he's not going to be but it is possible it's not like you you're one and he's not no he's not he he, you can go back yeah he's not yeah Okay. He's not precluded from running or being voted in again. And in fact, some people have said that that's uh, that's an op that there, there may be an opportunity for that. And in fact, he if got quite happened, a few votes. He would be very he'd been be in a very good position. Yeah, I think he got like fifteen or sixteen votes, maybe something like that. He got yeah, he got votes in the last round. Yeah, 
Hmm. That's so yeah. I'll have to that's why I don't watch the news though. I you know I, like I, only, my pay, I only pay attention to I can make a joke on the show. That's what that's what I that's, oh, that's what I good. Do. Yeah, that's that's the way to that's the most important thing. It is the most important thing for our audience. Do you, why don't you why don't audience. you go first? And because right. mine's very quick and I'll end we'll end strong. Mine's pretty quick too. <laughs> yeah, mine's pretty quick too. It's it's basically this so the what we'll link to in the show notes is search engine journal. Um but uh the you know, a few of the search engine publications are covering this, although they're the only ones seemingly to cover it. Um, and it is that Google ads, the headline is that Google ads support for paywalled content in rich results test tool. Um, it's a little bit geeky here, but basically what the the deal is, is that it's designed for sites that have some sort of content paywall. And one of the tough things about content paywalls are whether or not your content is getting displayed in Google search results and whether or not it's clear that it's behind a paywall. So before you click on it in Google, is it going to be, you know, is it just going to throw up a, you know, a, a basically a, 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 you know, some sort of uh, reg form or paywall form before you can get to it, which can be frustrating for, for users. And more and more, obviously, publications are doing this. And so now the tool uh, that Google is adding, basically, it supports... So there's things you can do on your site, basically with code, that validates that paywall thing so that basically even in the Google search result, it says, you know, okay, now this is going to, you know, this is, this is a link to this content that against this search query, but it's behind a paywall. So you can make a decision about whether you want to click on it or not, or whether or not it's going to be part of your subscription if you subscribe to whatever it is. The interesting thing to me is that's fascinating. That's good. But I think there's a real opportunity here for B2B organizations and something that we can start looking at because one of the biggest arguments that we often get into uh, as businesses and one that we always you know, get called in to try and settle is the gated versus ungated content because marketers, demand gen, SEO specialists want ungated content so that it gets spidered and gets displayed in Google search results. Versus the gated, which of course is lead generation focused and and getting data in exchange for that, and so as part of that strategy, a B two B organization could start to do this too, could start to build in gates that basically are much more Google friendly, so that when you see you know you search for that best enterprise software in X, you see some amazing white paper, but it says basically there in the Google search results that it's going to be behind a paywall. And if it's behind that paywall, now you know if someone clicking into that and then moving, you can start to really get a lot more intent data from the way that that happens. In other words, if you get an organic click from that link and then no form fill, well, then there's something wrong. They knew it was going in to be a form fill going in, but now what happened, right? So it's no longer a question of, well, were they just surprised by being by and then they went away or is there something on the page that's actually not working on that paywall? Because that would seem to be the indicator if they knew coming in. So it's, I think it's a really good strength for a B2B marketer as well um, to put into that uh, data markup, if you will. And again, it gets a little technical and geeky here, but um, your SEO specialist or your uh, technology person could help with this and really start to look at your gated content in B2B very much like a paywall is on a New York Times or something like that 
you're not asking for money, of course, you're asking for data in exchange, but it mm -hmm. could be treated the same way. And I think it's just a really interesting tool for B2B marketing. But you'd need you need somebody knowing what they're doing. Yeah, you need to be well, in, in any event, you need somebody to know what they're doing because this is basically well, saying that you 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 need someone to know what you're doing on the news or publication side because this is a new thing. Yeah. But yeah, but for B2B, it may be even more so. Interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, just a, I guess a rave, or, or, but more commentary than anything else. No, I like it. I like it. I will. Uh, I'll never do this, but yeah. uh, but I appreciate this. <laughs> it just sounded it sounded too difficult. It's it, like it's, I read it, the it, article it and I said tricky. it's too, Yeah, it does look tricky. I I, 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 I grant you, it looks tricky. But you know, our, our look, our audience is a sophisticated, geeky bunch. So they, they if anybody can figure love, out, they totally can totally eat out. this up. They will, yeah. they will absolutely love it. All right. So mine, uh, just, just a little side comment in addition to what we were talking about with, with Taylor Swift. So her, uh, her Taylor Swift concert movie, uh, was number one in the box office over last week, uh, did almost a hundred million, uh, dollars at, uh, I think it was at 3,800 theaters, number one on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I was interested in looking at how this happened and my my prediction for this, I'll tell you in a second. But just just so everybody knows, uh, Taylor Swift's dad spent between 10 and 20 million dollars creating this thing. So owns all the rights to it, whatever. And then instead of and you know more about this than I do, probably instead of working uh, as a traditional movie and going through all the 17 million channels to get a movie out and work through all the, the chains and, and whatever the case is and get your approvals. They went straight to AMC. They worked a deal out directly with AMC where Taylor and dad gets 57% of all the revenue and AMC oh gets 43% of all that revenue. So right just on the first weekend, just do the math. First weekend, she what made 50, 55 million, whatever, $55 million yeah. versus yeah. the so already made $35 million. Yeah. And now everything above is bonus. But but what I think is interesting is you have a movie star, creator, whatever you want to, however you want to call her, go outside the channels, work directly with an AMC, and AMC by doing this, I'm sure they pissed off a lot of people by doing it, but because they did it, they're making more off of people because from what I know about movie theaters, generally you make about 10 or 15% off the movies itself and everything yeah. else you make is off the food and the drink. Yes. So you don't make a lot off the movies. So a, a 3X or 4X difference in revenue is huge for somebody, some uh, for a company like AMC. So my prediction is I think that if this continues and more of these deals get done, it could realistically save the movie business in the form of AMC companies like AMC can now stay in business if they're taking out all the middle people and middle companies and they can work directly uh, with somebody like this. And I think that that's the movement you're starting, you're starting to see where, Hey, I, why do what like, and we we've talked about it with book publishing. Why do I have to go through this book publisher to talk to this distributor, to talk to this third party retailer? Yeah. Why can't I just work, directly with the audience and cut out as many people as possible. And I think more and more creators are starting to think that way. But so hats off to Taylor, who knows how much she's going to make off of this. It, well, it's and, a, it's, it, it you know, and, and the interesting thing is I, I read a couple of articles on this and 
they are suggest the analysts or you know sort of pundits that are that are looking at this deal would suggest that she could have made more money by going through the studios because the studios would have marketed it better, right? Because as well as it did, it didn't do as well as it was expected to um, in terms of its opening because of, of, and a lot of that has to do with how good the studios are at marketing tentpole releases through this. But what they saved, obviously, was, so the interesting part is the calculus to do is, What's the differential, right? How much more would they have made if the studios had really marketed this mm-hmm. versus themselves marketing it um, by going direct? Um, and w- is that differential worth it, right? And I think that's, I, I happen to believe, again, I don't have the data to support this hypothesis, but it seems to me that I'll bet you that, dif- I'll bet you you're right. You know, in other words, that going direct is actually more profitable, even though it's less total revenue. And so it will be interesting to see that play out. The other thing that we'll have to remember, though, is the studios have, you know, they have their foot on the neck of many of those of those uh, those theater chains, because all they have to do is basically say, hey, listen, you know, they didn't do it because it was Taylor Swift and they didn't want the press, I'm sure. But all they have to do for someone else trying to do this is go, no, 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 you're not going to do that. They're going to go through us or you're not getting the new Tom Cruise movie, or you're not getting the new Star Wars, or you're not getting, you know, you know, it, basically, that's and that's how AMC probably that got a lot of all the time because of it. Yeah, yeah but, they, but yeah, the that other thing is all the time. That's true. But the other thing is, is that you've got these movie chains going out of business. AMC is the biggest and almost only game in town now. I mean, all yeah. these other ones no, are going true. out of business because yeah. the, the revenue, the, the business model isn't viable because you've got 17 companies taking a cut of everything. And by the end of it, like it's it doesn't make any sense if you have a movie that comes in that does 300, 350 million dollars at the box office. And you've got AMC saying that they're going bankrupt because they can't make like it makes no like there's something yeah. wrong. Well, they, they have in the to calculation there. It, we may be in the midst of a full on evolution, you know, when you know, when movie theaters evolved out of the penny arcades. Right. And so and 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 the ways that those events you know, which those theaters had live events and then they ultimately had cinematic events that had live orchestras and all those kinds of things. And then it, of course, evolved into movie theaters. And then we may be in the fundamental shift of those things coming back to sort of live venue events, some of which will be filmed, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we talked about this in the beginning, right? Where Taylor's movie is not really a movie. It's, it's, it's filmed, you know, you watch a filmed performance but it's really about being with the kids and dancing and holding your phones up and taking selfies and being with your friends it's a live venue event yeah and so we may start to see a lot by beyonce by the way is going to do exactly the same thing here coming up uh with her with her new film um and so we may start to see an evolution of movie theaters into more live venue events The the castro has up in san francisco has been doing this for some time as well as the um the, the one that we went to in Austin, I can never remember the name of it. Um, the movie theater that does really cool, not only, you know, movies, Kicks but live events you, yeah, too. Boot, boot you out if you text. Yeah. What's that yeah. called? Oh, people are going to, are screaming yeah. at their phones right now. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Can't remember. We're, <laughs> we're, we're getting older. And we, we are. Our memories we are, are not I forget things. I forget <laughs> things. Hello. I'm old and I don't see so good. That is correct. 
I forgot my my glasses. Where are my glasses? <laughs> oh my gosh! My shoes, my shoes, and my glasses. My shoes Turkey and my boys, glasses. Uh, reference yeah. for those people that that's right that are old enough all right what do you got this week what's coming up but you're you're Uh, you're still out of town still out of town i'll be heading back to town uh we have uh we have our big night at the races coming up in a week and a half uh which is our for orange effect foundation we're doing a night at the races we're expecting three four hundred people uh in attendance and basically you you bet on horses simulcast horses that have already taken place and it's a real fun event, and all of it goes to the Orange Effect kids, and we're real excited about it. So now we're in our last couple of weeks of of doing that. So, uh, and by the way, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, we're we're looking for you know, if twenty dollar, thirty dollar sponsors here and there. So if you can by chance uh, support us, and we have to, na- I have to sell every. There's ninety horses that need names, and they don't have to be like safe for work names, but they have to be. <laughs> So oh, I you, want in on you, that. I want. Oh, I, I totally yeah. want in on that. You, yeah. you can. There's a, there's already some very interesting names and people. I are, totally want buying. in. So anyways, it's twenty dollars to name yeah. a horse. So if you'd like to name a horse, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I think you can go to oefraces.com. Oefraces.com okay. will also get you there. That's and, fun. Uh, so that's what that's what we're going. And we're really excited about it, Robert. And you've been a great supporter of OEF over the years. But this is the first, as you know non-golf fundraiser that we're really put that I, we really feel has some i'm all in on this so, this is totally fun yeah so you should come into town for it it'd be it'd be total fun. oh maybe oh maybe so all right what, what do you got going on i am well i'm speaking uh i guess it'll be next week uh, i always get the date screwed I'm, I'm i'm working on my presentation for marketing ai institutes their agency summit um so I'm working on that, um, getting that presentation ready. Uh, that's really fun, talking about AI and agencies and what they can really do. And and then other than that, it's work, work, work with clients. Work, clients work, are picking work. up. It's it's fourth quarter. Is, you can feel it. I, I can feel unused it. Unused budgets. Feel it. Okay, we, budgets are coming back. People are wanting to do stuff. Small. Yeah, we're just holding up the jazz hands, doing some defense here. So, yeah, <laughs> so, it's, so, it's, so it's all Next about Next time I'm going to wear glittery gloves. I'm going to bring yeah, back my there you glittery go. gloves from high school show, show choir. There you I'm gonna go. Do- so, yeah, anyway. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, thank you very much for everybody. We so appreciate you being here. And until we see you next week, well, just remember it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.